and be in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the title of the sermon is, What is Love? Amen? What is love? I want to give you four types of description of love. Number one is agape love. Two is filial love. Three is eros love. And four, storge love. And I'm going to give you a definition of what they are. Amen? Agape love is simply a practical love or love in action is therefore not dependent on affection. This can be observed in the spiritual definition of agape love found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7, which says that the agape love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude or selfish or easily angered. The word love, for God love, for, for God loved the world in the most popular passage, the Bible is agape. Amen. So you can find that at John 3.16, that's agape's love of God. Filial love, real quickly. The filial love is a friendship love or a brotherly or sisterly love. It's platonic. Amen? Like David and Jonathan. Amen? Also, the eros love is almost like the filial, but this is between the opposite sex and includes romantic elements, but it does not refer to shallow sexual lust. Amen? So that is eros lust. Eros love, excuse me. You can also find that in Songs of Songs, chapter 214, which it says here, where it says here, a passionate expression of a love in the book, where the man is speaking to the woman, show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Come on now. For your voice is sweet, yes. And your face is lovely. Hallelujah. Amen. So that eros love for the opposite sex, amen. And storge love, storge love is a family love. Amen. It's more of a bond. It shows affection, loyalty between family members. So that is storge love. So there's four types of different loves. Amen. But what is love? So agape, real quickly, is God's love for his creation and humankind. Storge love is a family love. Amen. Eros is a romantic love or sensual of the opposite sex. And filio is a brotherly and sisterly or friendship love. Are we done with that? Are we good with that? So agape. Agape is God's love for his creation and humankind. Real love. I'm going to say it again. Real love. Not that kind. Yeah, no. Real love is more than just a sweet candy and flower. We're talking about agape love. Love requires many things, and here are some things that this agape love needs. This agape love is needs time, needs commitment, sacrifice, and sometimes affection. 
Agape is the love of God which is greater than any kind of love. Agape love is the most greater love than any human, than anything else. The one who carries that love is God himself. He gave us who? His son, Jesus Christ. With this said, finding love, because I know this the season coming and we don't we don't really care about it, but I'm just I just put it out there because the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about love. And we need to get it right. What is love? Not what the world loves, but what is God's love? Amen. And so God loves. For us finding love, we have to find God's love first. We need to understand the agape love. The agape love is how God loves us and how he wants us for himself for eternity. He loves us so much that he wants us for himself. If you read the Bible, the Bible says he is a jealous God. He doesn't want no one before him. He wants us all for himself. And he's not selfish. Is that it's a different kind of love. His love has no ending. Hello? His love has no ending. His love has no measure. Tell me if you can get a, 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 uh, one of those tape measures and tell me how big God love is. Can you measure it? I don't think so. His love is unfailing. His love never gives up. Hello? His love never gives up. It is unfailing love for all of us. If we can try to fathom a little bit of this love, we probably can see how much we are worth in God's eyes. Come on. If we can fathom a little bit of this agape love and that he loves us just like that, hmm, makes you think about your worth in the Father's eyes. Mistakes about finding love Mistakes about finding love are weighing your worth on other people's opinion. Mistakes about finding love in other people's opinion can weigh your worth, which is, I don't know. But when you weigh your worth in God's agape love, that's something different. Amen, church. We cannot weigh our worth on other people's opinion. I need God's agape love to know my worth. Love God first. This is this is this is homework. Believers. Love God first. Understand God's love. 
Because you can, you can hear the word and say, oh yeah, God loves me. But do you understand that love? There has to be a spiritual understanding of that kind of love. So understand God's word. Understand God's love for yourself. Well, who are you doing it for? For yourself. And then when you understand how to love God first and understand his love for you, then you can share God's love. Then you can share God's love. What kind of love are we talking about? Agape. Let's say, what, what love are we talking about? Agape love. Agape love is the number one, the biggest love that has no measure. Practice God's agape love. You can find that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4-7. Look at it and practice that. That's agape love. It says here in Deuteronomy 32.10, I want you to understand how he sees all of us. Okay? This is important because when you take this, you take this, you're like, wow, God, you, you like me that much? You love me that much? Man. In Deuteronomy 32.10, it says, in the desert land, he found him. He found him in a barren and hollowing waste. He shielded him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. You know who we are? The apple of God's eye. That's a God that love. We are the apple of his eye. Because he shields us, he cares for us, and he guards us. Amen? If you're looking for love, if you're looking for love, please look for Jesus first. Amen? Now this doesn't mean God wants you alone. He's okay with you sharing your love with one another. And this is where the other three comes along, which is what? Which is filio, eros, and storge. Now for the singles. Put your hand up in the air. No. <laughs> now for the singles. Looking and waiting. Here are some godly pointers. Amen? Filio. The filio love can also turn into an eros love. Real quick. Church, what is filial love? Which kind of love is that? Platonic with who? Brotherly love, sisterly love of the opposite sex. Amen? So sometimes the filial love can turn into and what? An eros love. What is an eros love? Let me see your face. It's really a married couple. Eros love. If you're single, while waiting to date, you want to find your right match. This takes God's direction 
and knowing God's agape love. You got to go to the first one first. You just can't go straight to Eros or go to Storge. Hello? You got to understand agape's love. I just heard the Holy Spirit. Don't worry. He gives more than second chances. Amen. Glory be to God. So those that are single while waiting and wanting to date, put agape love first. And then when you know agape love, that means the singles won't compromise God's love. Amen? So, I have four pointers for the singles. Let's go real quick. I want to show you something for the singles. Get some knowledge. Get some knowledge. Why are you waiting? Five love language for the singles. Choosing God's best. Let me tell you, choosing God's best is, is pretty good. It's a pretty good book. Waiting and dating on Miles Monroe. Awesome man of God. Awesome man of God. And not marry yet. Also another great book. Amen? So I say to you singles, get those books. Get them. So while you singles are waiting, I'm going to give you what you need. Number one, you need to pray and wait. Say it again. We need to what? Pray and wait. That's number one, singles. Pray for God to show you the way you should go. The world will say, hey, just you're single, go date some random people until you find the one. No. That's why you got to get choosing, choosing God's best. Keep yourself available, look at all options, and then pick. That's what the world says. That's the world view. Usually when we pick out of our flesh, we tend to have a messed up relationship. Amen? That's where, that's where five love language comes for the singles. Amen? I truly believe if you pray to God to give you a wife or a husband that he made for you, he will open that door for you in his time. First you have to do what? Understand whose love? God's love. What is that love? Oh, God pay love. But until then, what we must do, singles? Wait. Don't rush into getting in a relationship that you're not ready to commit into. It's about to get good here. So what's number one singles that we need that, that you have to practice? Pray and, wait. Pray and wait. I recommend you get those books while you're waiting. Number two, while you wait, serve the Lord. There you go. Wait. While you're waiting, you what? Serve the Lord. You keep coming to the house of God. You keep hanging around with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You keep serving the Lord. You keep loving God. 
the single man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32, I want you to understand that the Bible talks about singles. Amen? The, the, the Bible also talks about married couple. Okay? So if you need to understand what you need to do while you're waiting and serving, the Bible tells you. So the, in for 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32, it says, An unmarried man, meaning the single, can spend time can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. So while you're waiting, what are you doing, man of God? Pleasing. Pleasing? Who? You are serving the Lord. So you're working and also thinking. Amen? Men, you are working, serving the Lord, and also thinking. Of the Lord. Okay, now back to the single women. Raise your hand up in the air like you don't care. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 34. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affair. Ah, so the single women in here, you need to be worried about whose affair? God's affair. Her aim, this is for the single, this is, this is your goal while you're waiting and serving. Her aim is to be devoted. Oh, this is good. Is to be what? Devoted to the Lord. How? Both your body and your spirit. Both your body and your spirit. Is this good? The key is making God your priority while he's preparing your husband or your wife. Because let me tell you, if you keep doing God's affair, you keep working for the Lord, you keep serving the Lord, you won't have to worry when my man coming, when my woman coming. Because you already know God already has it for you. Because then you understand that God pays love. Remember, Jesus is your first love above all love. Amen? When you serve the Lord, you seek His heart, His pleasure, His love. Just like David was a man after God's heart. David was a man after God's heart. That's how, we, that's how the singles need to be. Amen? Singles, I tell you, pray, wait, and serve the Lord. What do you have to do? Pray, wait, and serve the Lord. Those that have single friends, let them know. If they're looking for a man, oh, you need to go and pray. You need to go wait. And you need to go serve the Lord. If the, if the guys have single men up in here and single friends, and they're looking for a woman, you say, wait, 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 wait. You need to pray. You need to wait. And you need to go serve the Lord. Now, some people don't like the word wait. It could be discouraging. That sound can, that word can sound kind of discouraging, right? But in the contrary, waiting means not your will, but God's will. That's what waiting means. Waiting.
means not whose will, but whose will. In Psalms 46.10, if you ever feel singles, singles, those that are hearing also in the podcast, singles, listen. I know that waiting could be a little bit tempting to go out because that's what the that's what the enemy wants. But I tell you, just be still in the Lord. Be still. And 4610 it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Let me tell you what happens when the singles wait. And all of a sudden the Lord opens, opens the door for that person to receive their companion. Who gets the glory? God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And guess what? You share it. You share it. You share it with you, with your, your companion. Because he gave you what you wanted. What you needed. Because you what? You prayed, waited, and served. And you were what? Be still. Be still. In Psalms 37, 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Listen. God knows what we need. Amen? And he just wants to make sure that our love for him is set right. Amen? That we love him first. Be still does not mean to be anxious. Don't get it twisted. Be still is not to be anxious, but to trust God. Trust whose who's love? Because if you go back to Deuteronomy 32.10, it shows that he what? He guarded him. Right? He saved him. Why? Because he is the apple of his eye. If you decide to move into an ungodly relationship because you cannot be still, you will end up with someone that you will need deliverance from and breaking ungodly soul ties. Let me tell you something. Get this book. We did a teaching of this book, which is Breaking Unhealthy Soul Ties. Man, what an eye-opener. When you get into a relationship you shouldn't have. So I say to you, those singles, even those that are married, we also say get that book too because that book also helps friendships, family, amen, and also for the singles as well. Because let me tell you something. You heard the word, she comes with too much baggage. He comes with too much baggage. It's not that. It, the, the problem is, is they're coming with ungodly soul tie into a relationship. And trying to make it godly. Break the chains first. Amen? Remember, God knows what is best. And he wants to give the very best of himself to all of you. He wants to give it. Amen? 
Because if you understand agape love, you understand he's not punishing you. You understand he has the best for you. Think about it. He got the best for you. Wrapped up great in, his, in, in the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I got this one saved for that one. Don't move in. Don't go too fast. Wait. Isaiah 54, 5. It says, for your creator, while you're waiting, you're praying, you're serving, this is, what, this is what the singles need to do. For your creator will be your husband. That goes to the man and the woman. Will be your God first. Will be your Lord first. Before you have a spouse, before you have a companion, let him be your first. How will you treat him? Hello? How will you treat him as your companion? Is he first? So what we got, number one, is what we, the singles need to do what? Pray and wait. Number two is what? Serve God. Number three, this is a good one. I, I was really praying. The guy, you sure? Yeah, sure. Dating, but not like the world. Dating, but not like the world. Dating is something that single need. The singles need to have a godly guideline about dating and courtship. Go back to that first book, babe. That's my husband that I said be to. I'm married, happily. So choosing God's best, not yet married. While you're dating Christians, there has to be a guideline. You can't date like the world dates. Oh no. In the Bible, dating wasn't mentioned. Think about it. There was no dating mentioned in the Bible. However, the Bible does mention how to find a godly spouse and what not to do if you're not married. These are guidelines. Dating is not where you go and try on many shoes to see what look good with your style. That's not dating. The world dating is not looking for marriage, but for someone that looks good in their arm. Or having sexual pleasure with multiples. If that's the case, get the book. I say this because many want to wear the world's shoes and they want they want a whole selection of the world's shoes. 
One day I want red. One day I want blue. One day I want white. One day I want I want black. But I'm not committed. Mm. That's not the Christian dating guideline. We are not of the world. We don't think like the world. We have to think like a agape love of God which is pure, kind, honest. I say that if those worldly mindset is in the dating in the believers, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to end up with spiritual soul ties. You're going to end up broken hearted. And some is going to end up with a sexual disease. Hello? Amen? There's a guideline of Christian dating. Are you dating because you want to see which shoe look good and what arm candy will look good on you? Better watch out. These doors that open could be detrimental to you and your relationship with God. Sexual relationships are not meant, are only meant, excuse me, are only meant for marriage, couple of the opposite sex. Genesis, in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve were the first married couple to show us what it is. In 1 Corinthians, again, I tell you, read chapter 7, the whole thing of chapter 7 in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, So I say to those who aren't married, and to the widows, it's better to stay unmarried, just as I am. This is Paul speaking. But if you can't control, but if they can't control themselves, where, you know, I need to get married. I want kids. I want love. I want affection. I want intimacy. Then he says here, they should go ahead and marry. They should go ahead and marry. It's better, it's better to marry than burn with lust. Do you hear that? While praying, waiting, and serving the Lord, the dating should be holy. The dating should be what? Holy. Your future spouse should love God first. And should also have reverence for Christ. My recommendation, if you are single, learn to be alone with God. I'm going to say it again. If you are single, learn to be alone with God and practice what love? Agape love. Why? Because it's better to be with someone who loves God as much as you do. Amen? You want someone on fire as much as you want fire for God. Amen? Now, what does this mean, Pastor? You said we could date. 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. Unless God dropped your husband out of heaven, uh, you got to go to the Christian pool. You got to go to the Christian pool. You got to hang out with the filio. Get it? You got to hang out with the who? The filio. Why? Because it's better to know a brother or sister in Christ and develop a friendship. Now that doesn't mean that you get stuck Obsessed. Oh, which one of these crews is going to be my man or my woman? That's not what I'm saying. Use God's wisdom. But I'm trying to say that a man or a woman that you want is not just going to fall from heaven. You, you've got to show that you're also available for that as well. Amen? Because you want to see you want to see for yourself. Do they talk the walk? You can come to church all you want, but are you walking? Are you going to 1 Corinthians chapter 7? Is he working and thinking about the Lord? Is she devoted of the affairs of the Lord? You want to know. How are you going to know? You got to make a filio. Amen? Thank you. So, your requirement in finding a spouse, I'm going to tell you, if you're dating, if you're dating, what is a Christian dating? Is it to try out how many shoes look good in your in your arms? No. You're doing something. What are you? The filial turns into what? Eros. Eros. How do you know? You go to Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty-one and thirty-three. This is the desired doctrine. Amen? In Ephesians 21 it says, Submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. You want to make sure singles, that the person has the reverence of Christ, that is submissive unto Christ. Why? Because if you go to First Corinthians, if you go, sorry, if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22, it shows how the man's supposed to be. First, he must submit. Everyone has to submit on the reverence of Christ. My recommendation, if you are single, again, learn to be alone with God. Learn to serve Him. And learn to choose Godly friends, which is called the what? The filial. Learn to be patient. Psalms what? 4610. Be what? Still. Amen. 
If you're looking for a wife and a husband, and you've been single for more than, and if you've been single for more than six months to a year, can I recommend, this is, this is out of me, can I recommend something? If you've been single for six months, over a year, because that means you've been alone with God for six months, more than a year, learning agape love first. So if you've been single more than a year, go out and look for a filial love. You want to make sure they what? Talk what they walk what they talk. Excuse me. You want to make sure that even though they come to church, are you the same when you leave out these doors? I say, Christian friends, meet other believers who love Jesus as much as you do. It's safe. It's safer than you going out and getting someone in the world. Because if that's the case, go to the next slide. You're going to have to break ungodly soul ties. Amen? Now just because there are Jesus followers doesn't mean that they're your spouse. Can I make that very clear? Because sometimes that filial person will become your accountability. Because that brother or sister of a friend will see you single because they're single too. But your eyes start moving this way and God said don't look to the right or don't, don't look to the left but look up here. And your friend, your filial brother and sister in Christ will be like, hey, you need accountability. We both in the same boat here. I'm waiting to you, waiting to, but we can't, we can't do what the world does. So connect with a brother and sister of the same sex to give you accountability, not the opposite sex. If you want accountability, make sure they are the same sex. Because then they understand. Amen? They will also teach you how to be still and not compromise agape love. Amen? Number four. So what's, what's three of them so far? The first one is what? Pray and wait. Number two. Serve the Lord. Number three. Dating not like the world. Is it okay to date? Well, how are you going to find your spouse? Yes, God will bring that person. But you also need to go out. Amen? Dating, but not like the world. Get the book. Right? Miles Monroe. Number four. No sexual behavior, and that includes flirting. Let me tell you something. The devil will come, and we have to, those that are witnessing this church knows, right? We have to do what? Some deliverance. Right? Because something opened. And that's what the devil wants. So while the singles are dating, waiting, 
praying, serving, there's two things you can't be doing, which is what? No sexual behaviors or flirting. Avoiding sexual sin. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12. It says here, Paul says, these are for the believers now, the saved ones. I am allowed to do anything now. Right? No. I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I must not become a slave to anything. If we go down to 13, it says, you must say food was made for my stomach and the stomach for food. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. Women of God, what did it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34? Your body and the spirit belongs to who? To the Lord. While you what? Wait. For who? For your spouse. Men too. Your body belongs to God. Verse 15. Don't you realize that your bodies are actual parts of Christ? Get it? Don't you understand that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it with a prostitute? Look at what it says. Never. Never. Verse 16. And don't you realize if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? Well, we're going to come back here then. Are we not? Are we not? The two are united into one, but the person who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This one, what I have to say, singles, raise your hand like you don't care. Singles, if someone comes to you trying to flirt, trying to lust, trying to say, I love Jesus too, come to my room, you're going to say this. You're going to do this. Run! You can find that in verse 18. It says, run! Flee! Get the heck out of there! Run! Run from sexual sin. What you gotta do? Run! If she comes bopping left and right, what you gotta do? Run! If he comes strutting left and right, what do you do? Run! Because if not, I tell you the truth, you will need deliverance. It says here, no other sin so clearly affects the body than this one. This is what the devil wants. If he can make the singles 
through intimacy before marriage, he can now pollute your body of God. He can now pollute your temple, which is, belongs to God. Or sexual immorality is a, sense, is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. When you become a believer, who do you belong to? God, he's your first man. Who is he to you? Your first. Ending this part for the single, God loves you and he wants you. I want you to get it. He wants you to have the best companion. He wants you to have one that represents his agape love. Because who gets the glory? God. In Genesis 24, 13, let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Let me, let me tell you. Singles, singles, get it, get it, get it, get it. When Abraham asked his servant, go find the wife for Isaac. Somebody got to get out of the pool. Because if you're praying all day for six months to a year, let him drop from heaven, let him drop from heaven, let him drop from heaven, let her drop from heaven, let her drop from heaven. But you're never leaving, you're never going to find them. It says here in verse 13, see I'm standing here beside the spring. This is the servant of Abraham. And the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. Here comes all the women. They know the hour, right? All the women are coming out. All the single ladies say, hey, all the single ladies are coming out drawing water from the well. And here comes Abraham's servant looking for a godly wife. Unfailing love. Agape. 
agape love. In Genesis 2.8, then the Lord said, I'm moving on. Because you can read it for yourself. Isaac did get the wife. And she was willing to go. Okay? So you can read that story on your own time. But I want to just say to the singles here. In Genesis 2.18, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. God did create a companion for each and every one of you. He did. Because there will be desires, love and affection, help. Right? You're going to need that. Amen? And God knows that. Mommy. I will make a helper who is just right for him. What did he say? What did I say? Just right. Come on. You singles, raise your hand. Those that are not married, those that are not married, raise your hand and say, just right. Come on. I want the just right. Come on. Don't you want the just right? I got the just right. Right? Right? Come on. It's the best thing, I'm telling you. Rest assured, God will open the door for your future partner. He will. What is the four things, singles, that you need to do? Pray and wait. Serve the Lord. Dating, not like the world. And no sexual or flirting behavior. Amen? So now we're going to move on to the Eros love. If you're married, things you should be practicing in your marriage. Number one, prayer. You can go to the book. We're all adults here, are we not? I hope so. Let's have clean, clean minds, amen? So we have some books I recommend for the married couple. Again, five love language. I can tell you this, that it was amazing, amazing, amazing teaching for me and my husband. The five love languages. Amazing. The next thing, the other book, because we said the first thing for a marriage couple to do is to do what? Pray. How? Together. Pray together. Because if the devil can get you separate, there's no power. Pray what? Together. It took us a while. And I'm saying that with sincerity. I say, I recommend that you get these books. It says, 31 prayers for my wife and 31 prayers for my husband. Remember, God made Adam and Eve and made what? One flesh. And the one flesh is who? God. I say, also, we'll get to that one in a bit. Leave it up there. Married couple, and those that are single, you can take this as well. So when you get married, you can know what you need to continue practicing. Practice prayer. A couple, a praying couple is a healthy and thriving marriage. Why? Because the couple are acknowledging someone is in the center in their marriage. 
in your marriage, you release a type of agape and eros love. You release what? And a copy and, and an eros love. Something that, that the Lord gave to me and my husband. Well, we, we, we also went to marriage counseling, but I'm not going to go into depth with that. But it was very helpful. I recommend that even if you're not having trouble, always have someone that can help and you can counsel your marriage. I really recommend it. Amen? And Easy Classic, chapter 4, verses 12. If one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. But this is the part that I love. A cord of three strings. A what? A cord of three strings. Me, my husband, and God. A cord of three strands cannot be broken. Cannot what? Be broken. Because who's in the middle? God. Cannot be torn apart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so marriage couple, what do we need to be doing? Practicing? Prayer. Praying together. Amen? Pray for your marriage. Pray for your family. Pray for your finances. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for supernatural. Me and Al, we love to pray for supernatural. We want supernatural. What was that song? I want the real thing. I'm done pretending. Give me the real thing. That's the same thing as love. I'm done pretending. Give me the real thing. So married couple, we need to continue praying. Number two, for the married couple, communication is key. Communication is key. It's a working, it's a working progress. Can I say that again? It's a working progress. Communication is key. Because if you're not praying together, and if you're not communicating, well, guess who's coming in the middle? Not God. A couple who communicates takes initiative to listen to one another and consider the needs or what need to be done. Communicating is not all the talking. The communicating, you know what's the best part of communicating? Listening. I need a deliverance. <laughs> it's no longer one making decision but it's really wanting your better half to be part of that decision making. Amen? You want to celebrate with your other half and be like, man, God gave me an idea. What you think about it? Let's pray about it. Okay, let's listen to God. Yes. What did you get? I got a yes. What did you get? I got a yes. Oh, let's make the decision together. This takes a continual practice. This is never over. Okay, married couple, it's never over. You gotta continue practicing it. This also brings awareness of how your marriage is growing. Sometimes my husband will say something and I didn't pick it up or I wasn't paying attention, I didn't listen. He goes, You didn't you didn't hear me. You didn't listen. 
And sometimes vice versa. So we have to what? Practice what? Listening. Because it shows us where our marriage is growing or where it's lacking of. That's why I say, you need to get this book. I say it. You need to get this book. The Five Languages. This is from Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman has many, many books of families that you will love. Now, I also have here. You can do it on your own time. But they also have a website here. The First Love Language Test. To show you which one, what kind of love you are. Amen? Amen? It's really good. And I say take it because then, guess what happens? I know his love. There's a love language for him. There's a love language for me. And it's two different kinds. So I'm giving my love language to him, which is not his love language. And he's giving me his love language, which is not my love language. You need to communicate. This is real good stuff. I'm telling you, I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Communicating brings you closer instead of guessing. You want to be sure of your partner. Amen? In Mark 10, 8, it says, And those two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. So, when you become married, those that are singles take notes. Those that are singles take notes. You become now what? One flesh. It doesn't mean that I become a robot and go, what did I say? No. Whatever you like. No. Whatever you say. No. Call me Ephesians chapter 5. Husband loves your wife. Why? Respect your husband. It's not a manipulation. It's not an order of control or abuse. It's an order of agape love and respect of Christ in your marriage. I am myself. I'm my own person. I have my own likes, my own interests, my own hobby. So does my husband. But when we come together in Christ, we become what? One. Learn the singles. How, when you communicate with God, let me ask you this, when you communicate with God, who do you need to help you understand God's word? The Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Are you doing the busy and the talking? Are you doing the talking and not listening to God? Because if you look at the life of Moses, Moses had a dialogue with God. There was a talk, then a pause. Listen, he talked, I pause. I talked, he paused. There was a what? A communication. There was a dialogue. That's how the marriage should be. Takes practice all the time. We need to listen more and talk less. And if you don't believe me, you can find that in James chapter 1, verses 9. 19, excuse me. If you don't believe me, you can see that. Everybody's quick to talk. Quick to defend. But it's better to be quick listeners than quick talkers. Amen? Amen. Why do I say that? Because in Proverbs 1.5 it says, A wise man will hear 
and increase in learning. A what? A wise man. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. Communicating takes what? Practice. Because then you learn of your spouse. Right? My husband can do a face and I already know. He don't like it. And I'll go to him and be like, babe, why you put that face? You know why I put that face. We've been together for 20 years. You know why I put that face? Even Al knows my face. He go, oh, wife not happy. Nostrils flaring. Wife not happy. And a man of understanding will require will acquire wise counsel. What? Um, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. I say those that that are having marriage issues, or maybe it's not that of an issue or whatever, I recommend you get counseling by a pastor or someone who has who has the capacity, the experience, and the knowledge of helping a marriage, I can tell you, me and my husband, we are. We are one of them. Amen? I have hope. I have hope. Supernatural faith. Supernatural faith. Okay. So what do we need, married couple? We need to practice what? Prayer? Communicating? And the last one, keep the love alive. Which comes to this. The five sex languages. This is not for the singles. God intended it for who? Married. He sure did. He sure did. I said, get the book. Get the book. And teach. Listen, if the five love languages tells you you have different types of languages of love, right? How we communicate, how you give off love. So married couple, so is intimacy. So is intimacy. Are we adults here? A healthy marriage practice intimacy that is godly and honorable. God intended it for a married couple, but the world of lust and pornography has diluted the purity of the privacy of the marital bedroom. The Super Bowl, the, the halftime with those women, it was kind of pornographic. I wanted to cover my, my teenage son's eyes because that is not a woman of God. I don't want my son thinking this is cute. You know what I have to say? Run! You see a girl shaking like that? Run! Moving in like that? Run! 
I recommend those who are married these Christian books. There's so many more. He has so much more as well. This is Douglas Weiss, Dr. Douglas Weiss. He has a lot of, it's, it's really good stuff. From what, I, from what I read so far, from what I heard so far, he's, he's even on YouTube. It's really good stuff. Married couple. I didn't know that that's what we needed to do. You got to keep practicing to keep the marriage alive. You want a healthy marriage, amen? Having knowledge of your spouse desires, that is what it is. You are having knowledge of your spouse desires, needs, and wants, and excitement. Hold me back, Lord. This will help both of the husband and wife. It will help them both. It will make them a three-strand cord. It will. It will. In Hosea 2.9, look at this. This is such a great, this is such a, a beautiful verse. I will make you my wife forever. Thank you, Al. Showing you righteousness and justice. What it, it says again, unfailing love and compassion. That's God. Who's God? What's God's love? Agape, which is what? Unfailing. Unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine. You will finally know me as the Lord. Singles, get that too. Because he wants to make you his. He wants to make you his. And he wants you to know I'm yours. Couples, learn to say, you're mine, I'm yours. If we're going to be practicing agape love, then let's do it real. Where there is no impurities. Marriage is not all sweet and nice, but it should be healthy and safe. A marriage should be healthy and safe. It takes, it takes, it, it takes two to make it work. What is it two? Go back to Ephesians chapter five. It needs love and respect. Who's love? That's Ephesians 5.22. What kind of love? God's love. Agape love. Which you can also find 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 to 7. I tell you the truth. When you put God in your marriage first. First. He will direct your marriage and he will lead the marriage to the image of his love. Isn't that beautiful? Because you know what's going to happen? I know a couple years back, real quick, and I'm going to end here. But I, I, just wanna, I just want to tell you, I was so ignorant with love. I didn't understand love of a couple. And let me tell you, I saw this couple. And this couple 
were very affectionate with one another. And they were Christians. They were so affectionate. And one was rubbing his, 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 his ears and his face. And the other one, he was rubbing her hair. And, and I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> and he took her feet and he was massaging her feet. And they're, and they're like, for me, they look like they were 60 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with them? What, what? And, and they just kept looking at each other like, like, like they were 16 years old, Google Kaka, to one another. And when somebody was talking to them, they were like, yeah, huh? <laughs> and they were old. But I wasn't disgusted. I didn't, I wanted that love. I want that look that he gives to his wife. I want to do that to my man. I want to look like that to him. How, what are they doing? Where did they get that love? That's agape. That's love and respect. I saw God's love. There was nothing impure. There was, there, it wasn't even sexual. It wasn't like the world, I, I, I witnessed love, God's love in a marriage. And I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. But I first needed to practice and understand my worth of God to be able to share that love with my husband. Once you get that agape love, you can share it. Amen? And Revelation 21.2. This, this is for you guys. And for me too. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Oh, come on, guys. In John 3.29, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride, the bridegroom's friend, is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. When I saw those couple like that, it just brought joy. I want that kind of joy. I want a successful marriage with that. But that comes with what? Practicing prayer, practicing communication, and also practicing intimacy. That is Godly and honorable. Remember, marriage, it takes what? Three. It takes what? Three. Three. So we can stay what? Strong. No matter what comes or what happens. You plus God plus spouse equals a godly marriage, a successful marriage. Amen? Amen. We thank you, Lord, for this for this word. Lord, I pray that those that are here, that are single, that are married, Lord God, that they will continue praying, waiting, serving, that they will pray together, that they will communicate, and that they will have true, true love that is the agape love. Lord God, I thank you for this word of knowledge. I thank you, Lord, for this word of discernment, this word of, of 
wisdom, Lord God, that we can practice your love first and be able to share it with one another. So, Lord God, I ask that you bless every person here. Lord, open their hearts. Let them take this word and let them sow it inside. Let them sow it inside. Lord, I ask that those that are single, that you water their heart. Water their heart while that seed is in. And Lord God, those that are married, let each and every one of the spouse water each other. Let them water each other with love. So I thank you, Lord, for this word. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to stand and worship and just give God.